0: help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code parenting for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code parenting at checkout for 15% off site-wide today.
1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
0: Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. In last week's episode, Nina had several questions and I only got to the first one. So I'm going to get to her other two questions in this episode. Two really great topics that all parents will likely need to deal with at some point or another. The first question about how not to raise a spoiled child and the second about dealing with a highly competitive child. So I'll get right to it. So as a refresher, Nina's email was short and to the point, but for those who didn't listen last week or just as a reminder, here's the first part of it again. I have been listening to your podcast for six months now, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for helping me understand and connect with my son. I have three questions. Okay, since I answered the first one last week, I'm going to get right to number two, and that is, can you give me some guide to raise an unspoiled child and tips on how to unspoil them when it's all about me, me, me? Now this has always been a big goal of mine as a parent, to raise children who are kind, thoughtful, and appreciative, and respectful, and responsible. So first I want to discuss what I feel it means to be a spoiled or unspoiled child. Then I'll talk about development as it pertains to the development of self. Then give tips and areas to consider when raising children who are not spoiled. So my understanding of being a spoiled versus a not spoiled child are three key areas. Number one, caring for others, or empathy. This is understanding the way others feel, listening when they are hurt, particularly by our actions, and also considering others in our decisions. Number two, unspoiled kids are responsible kids. These are kids who are independent, who help out with little to no pushback, and later on, on their own volition, without being asked. So these are kids who, in the beginning, They will help us without pushing back or throwing a big fit or a tantrum or whining, etc. And this takes a little bit of practice and work, but you can get there. Then it becomes kids who just pitch in on their own without being asked. They learn and take on life duties and skills that are appropriate for their age and sometimes even beyond. And lastly, number three, these are kids who are not only responsible for the things they do in their deed, but also in their actions when they mess up When they break something, when they hurt someone, they take responsibility for the choice they made that led to that outcome. They understand it was their doing and what to do the next time to prevent the outcome. Now, these are things that you're going to work on throughout childhood and where the child should be by the time they leave home. This isn't done all in one day and it's not going to be a four-year-old who just picks up and starts helping out around the house without being asked or takes full responsibility when they break something. All three of these unfold throughout childhood. And parents will guide their children in all three of these areas in age-appropriate ways throughout. Now, Nina, if there's something in here that I'm missing that you feel is a point that you wanted to hit on about being spoiled or unspoiled, then please send a note and I will add that on to another episode and address that exact point of yours. But this is what I think of when I think of spoiled versus unspoiled children. Now, no matter how awesome a job a parent is doing with their child, most three-year-olds still going to struggle with anger outbursts, even hitting and kicking. Early on, the way a toddler handles these has far more to do with their temperament than anything. It's only through coaching and repetition that the toddler will learn these behaviors are not acceptable and will learn other ways of sharing their strong feelings more appropriately as we work with them throughout toddlerhood and these other skills beyond. So now I'm going to get into some development of self because this is... really important piece of what seems to be spoiled when they're younger but really is just part of the development so that everyone can understand how it's a part of development, how to help your child with it, through it, and just that understanding can help. And then what we're focusing on at each section or stage as they age. So the sense of self begins to develop around the age of nine months. This is when babies begin to realize they are a separate being from their parents. Before that, they see themselves as an extension or an attachment to their parent. Between 9 and 18 months, this sense of self will continue to develop, and it'll be fully developed around 18 months. This is when you see that big push for independence. But you'll also hear, beginning at this age, a lot of the me, my, and mine language. Now that peaks between 2 and two and a half, usually around two. Two years, four months, two years, six months, this will peak. This is the sense of self-talking. I am my own person. I am in charge of me. I can make choices for me. I know what I like. I'm learning what I like. It is a necessary and positive step in the development process. It also can drive parents nuts. The child who has to do or try to do everything by themselves, who wants to have everything their way or wants to have it just so. Like anything unique to each person, kids will experience and exhibit these traits more or less strongly than other kids. Now psychologists have coined the phrase quote-unquote age-appropriate narcissism for the way toddlers and children and even teens will express their quote-unquote, selfishness. Now, of course, what we want is our kids to work through these developmental stages, through this narcissistic stage, and on to more mature ones throughout their childhood, so that by the time they're truly adults or close to adults, they have moved through these stages and on to those of a strong and sensible sense of self balanced with a strong sense of caring for and about others. Now teens also go through a pretty big narcissistic stage in the way that they feel like everyone is looking at them and judging them. Now the truth is teens as a developmental stage are generally really focused on the self and most teens are not looking at each other that much. They're mostly looking at themselves. How do I look? Who am I? Who am I in my world? They're going through this really big stage but I'm going to walk through what we're working on at each age here. So as a toddler works through the development of self and onto the other side, they can then start to develop the sense of the other. This is why at around age three, we see the beginning of empathy. Kids are learning that others have feelings too, and that those feelings may not always match their feelings. Now at first you may see a toddler bringing you their favorite toy. This is the beginning of empathy. I like this toy, so you must like it too. As empathy develops more, they will then realize, oh, I like this toy, but you actually like that one better, and will bring you the toy that you like better. This is another stage of developing empathy. Empathy takes time and continues to develop through the age of nine or ten. These are the skills we are coaching, especially in these early years from three to five. Empathy appropriate sharing of feelings, but we will still continue, although less intensely, throughout the childhood as they grasp these skills more and more. So empathy is pretty set by 10, but that doesn't mean that a kid over 10 doesn't need the reminder and help working through being more empathetic sometimes. We will take opportunities when they arise to coach our kids to be more empathetic when they aren't being so. To do kind things for a family member or a neighbor who needs help to show how we appreciate our family and friends on their birthdays or just when they need a helping hand. Opportunities to welcome the new kid in class or the new neighbors on the street. We just want to teach kids to think about how others might be feeling and what they might like to help them feel better or help them feel welcomed or help them feel cared for during the elementary school years are the years we really work on the personal responsibility and taking on life tasks and skills. It starts early at 3 and 4 with dressing oneself, teeth brushing and other hygiene, cleaning up after oneself, the toys and the other things that they get out. Then household and life skills like helping with dishes, helping with cooking, setting and clearing the table, folding laundry, then washing their own laundry as they age. In addition to all the other myriad of household chores one will need to know, trash, light cleaning, to tweens and teens learning about lawn care and simple household fixes, budgeting, household finance, car care. This is a big job, getting our kids ready with all the skills for life and managing their own life once they're on their own. So the class Raising Responsible Kids goes over every life skill a child should be learning by age so that by the time they leave home for work or college, they're pretty well set to be self-sufficient, even though some may need some financial support, particularly for college. Now in the same vein, teaching kids to take responsibility for their choices and actions is done throughout childhood. You wanna have a child be responsible for their own things in age-appropriate ways. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. So I'm gonna go on a little tangent here, but what I've learned is that nothing teaches a kid to take care of their stuff like having a puppy in the house. You leave your stuff where the puppy can get it and it gets chewed up, you learn really fast not to leave your stuff laying around and to take better care of it if it's important to you. You also learn to take responsibility. And while I'm on the subject, having a pet is also a great way to teach kids kindness and empathy. Because as mad as my kids get at that puppy sometimes for chewing something up of theirs, they forgive her within seconds because they love her so much. They learn to take care of another living thing, feeding, training, taking her on walks, and out for potty, cleaning up after their pet. So, back to the other ways of teaching your child to be responsible for their things, for their choices. If your child loses something, You don't wanna replace it right away. Now, depending on their age, you can then set up parameters for replacement. So a four-year-old who loses a pair of mittens, if you say, that's okay, I'll just get you another pair, or that's okay, we have four more pairs at home, only teaches them to be less responsible, That it doesn't really matter if they keep track of their things. So you're gonna wanna wait a week or two. Then they have a chance to learn. I'm sorry, I haven't had a chance to go out and get you new mittens. It's gonna be another week before we can do that. It's really important for you to keep track of your things so that we don't have to go without them. Now with an older child, if they lose something, depending on what it is, the price, et cetera, they can be fully or partially responsible for paying for the replacement. My older son lost his goggles a couple of times, his swim goggles. After the second pair, that was it. I was like, you lose this pair and you pay for it. You're paying for the next pair. Those things are like $20 a pair, and I'll tell you what, he took really good care of those goggles. He never lost them. So the class on Raising Responsible Kids also covers all the steps and boundaries, rules, coaching kids by age on being responsible for their choices and actions. Not just for stuff, but the choices that they make around other people if they hurt someone's feelings and how to teach them to take responsibility for that. So if you want to learn more about this, you can see the sample of the class and get the checklist for the life skills by age and how to raise kids to be responsible for themselves, take responsibility for their actions. You can see that class on the website at yourvillageonline.com. On to Nina's third question, number three. She says, "Hendrik, my son, is a bit of a sore loser. If we're having a race to the bathroom and he loses, he will have a meltdown. When playing ball with his mate and they get into the goal, he will cry. Please help me on what to tell him when he cannot deal with losing it. Do you have words of encouragement? Okay, so this is also another great question because Hendrik is entering the age where a sense of competition is developing. It kicks in around age three to four. It heightens around six to seven. So hold on, Nina, you're in for a bit of a ride with this. Some kids are naturally more competitive than others, and Hendrik sounds like one of those kids. I have two of these kids, one especially, but they both, my oldest and my daughter. I'm one of them myself, so in my family, those two apples don't fall far from this tree. At age three, kids are learning, what do I like, what am I good at? At four, it's what am I good at, and how do I rank? So that's why you're seeing this. We want children to have a sense of competition, and we want them to be a good or gracious winner and loser. When we have kids who are naturally competitive, we don't need to teach them a sense of competition. We actually need to curb it a little bit because it comes naturally to them already. We need to focus on the other side, being a gracious winner and loser. So here are some things to think about, some tips, and some steps. So first we want to think about what messaging do we send about competition? How do we act? What do we say when we win or lose or feel a rivalry? In my case, while I'm a gracious loser on the outside, I'm not good on the inside, but I think I'm pretty good at hiding that. I don't know if my kids pick up on it, but I know my competitive nature does show. It's one of my endearing qualities. Uh, Just kidding. Um, I know my competitive nature oozes out and I know they pick up on it. So I'm sure that my already competitive kids have picked up some of that or it's probably enhanced it in them because of just who they are, but I'm sure some of my personality has leaked out too. Everything we do, we feel, we think, they seem to pick up on whether we like it or not. So here are the tips and some steps. In general, in any interaction, you want to use descriptive praise or encouragement. It increases self-esteem without heightening competition evaluative praise, which is an evaluation of their performance, teaches kids to do for the pat on the back, for the good job. And it can fuel the sense of competition. So I cover this in depth in several classes, like focus on the positive and the two self-esteem classes. But in general, you want to describe the behavior and label the trait. Something like, you put your toys away the very first time I asked that was helpful. You set the whole table by yourself. That was so independent. Evaluative praise are things like, I'm so proud of you. Great job. You're the best. You're so smart. It's the kudos. It's those attaboys. So the child is getting pumped up for the performance, not the effort. Then when the effort doesn't yield positive results, that B or that C on the test only one goal in the game instead of the normal three. They get angry, they get upset, they feel deflated. Their sense of self is linked to that outcome. We wanna teach kids to realistically evaluate their efforts and see how they can improve. This is the long-term goal for them. As they age, they need to be able to evaluate their own efforts and see how they might be able to do better next time or what maybe they missed Maybe they didn't study long enough. Maybe they didn't study a certain area of the test as well as they could have, so that they can take personal responsibility for the outcome. Okay, so this isn't for a four-year-old, of course. But with a solid self-esteem, they will be able to assess their efforts and outcomes and make needed adjustments as they age, especially as they get into the later elementary school, nine, 10, 11, and tweens and teens years. You want to teach your kids to be their own best competition. Teach them to race their own best time, to race the clock, and improve their own performance rather than comparing to others. You want to find tasks where you and your child, or you Your child and a friend can work on a cooperative effort. Something like, let's see if you can hold hands and touch the door at the same time. See if you can work together to beat the timer in putting something together or drawing something or building something. Can you work together to build the tallest tower with the blocks? Working on some cooperative types of play. So with these tips for competition, and this is one of the classes I wanted to put out for a while. About kids and just competition in general, also kids in sports, when and how to introduce them to sports at what age, so that you don't overfuel that sense of competition. So that's something we will be working on. We do have the class on children and death coming out this week. Really excited. We've had some more time to work on classes, so the goal is to now really start rolling out some more classes. So we'll have some new ones coming out more frequently over the next couple of months. Remember to check out any of the 50-plus classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you're interested in learning more tips for increasing self-esteem, helping your child have a strong sense of self-esteem, also learning the tips for descriptive praise versus evaluative praise, positive discipline, raising responsible kids. Also, when it comes to teaching kids about empathy, I cover that in Your Developing Preschooler and all the ways to help kids develop that sense of empathy and working with kids on better ways of sharing emotions appropriately, also covered in several other classes like helping your child with anger and the tantrums class. There's tons of stuff out there. So continue to stay safe and healthy. And as always, if you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.